Hey friends, welcome to the Thrive Like a Parent podcast. You know those parents who look like they've got it all together? Yep, that's not me. I'm Dr. Brooke Weinstein, mom, widow, and neuroscience expert on all things sensory and emotional regulation. Yep, that's right. I'm here to get down and dirty on the truth behind parenting, education, burnout, neuroscience, widowhood, and the shit show we call life. So come join me for conversations with thought leaders, doctors, and women just like you who aren't afraid to speak the truth and help you find that silver lining between the to-do lists, shit shows, and chaos of parenthood. If you are craving the answers to finally find that sweet spot between chaos and calm, pull up a seat and listen in as I take you from burnt out and surviving to finally thriving. Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of Thrive Like a Parent podcast. Today, I am not alone, which I always love. I am here (laughs) with Dr. Morgan Cutlip, and she and I are going to speak about her new book that is coming out called Love Your Kids Without Losing Yourself. And Dr. Morgan and I connected, gosh, I don't know, a few years years ago. Mm -hmm. We've done a few reels together and had some fun. And it's been so amazing to watch your growth and just kind of have you as someone who I can trust and and someone within this community of, frankly, moms who are also working, who are also in the social media space of saying, hey, we're out here. We want to help you. And you are an incredible human and have such a kind and loving heart inside and out. And I'm so excited for everyone to get to know you, get to know all about your book. And I... I was very lucky. I got a little preview and so (laughs) I have read it. And so we will discuss a few things in it and a little teaser for all of you listening to hear kind of what to expect. But I cannot tell you enough positive things about this book. And I don't want you to just kind of like think on it. I want you to run to go pick up your copy because honestly, I was scrolling back through it, even though I've read it. And I was almost in tears today. And I was like, Mm -hmm. like, could she be more on the money? Like, could she be more on point? And I think that we as women and moms, we like, we need to know that you're not alone. And I really feel that you did such a phenomenal job of this. So Mm -hmm. with all of that, welcome, Dr. Morgan. I got goosebumps. You're so generous with your praise. Thank you. I adore you. You came on when I had a podcast. You were on our podcast too. So I just feel like everything you're saying, I just feel so much of like the same toward you. I just think you're wonderful and amazing and I appreciate you allowing me to, you know, come on here and talk with you and, and be in front of your audience. So thank you. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you something and start our conversation with something that I ask a lot of my clients. Um, and Uh I know, right. (laughs) Um, I would love for you to tell me how you are feeling today. And I would love one word answers. So I feel blank and it can be as many one word answers as you'd like, but I would love to hear how you're feeling today with so much going on in your life. (sighs) I feel (laughs) overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I feel grateful. Mm -hmm. I feel mm, tired. (laughs) (laughs) 
I feel a little sweaty. It's humid here in California right now. I feel energized, mm -hmm. uh, which is weird to say tired and energized, but I do feel both. Um, and I'm excited and I'm anxious, like in a hurried sense, not like mm -hmm. an anxiety sense, but just like, mm -hmm. let's do this type of feeling. Um, yeah, we sorry, you didn't ask for elaboration, but we leave for Ohio tomorrow and my oh. husband is not here. So I'm like, I still have to pack and all the things. So that's heavy mm -hmm. on my mind. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, I think those are the, those are the main ones that are at the forefront mm -hmm. for me right now. I would love for you, if you're willing to elaborate on some of those feelings of where that's coming from, you just said, you know, you're going on a trip and mm -hmm. I know this, our listeners don't, but you have a husband who travels a lot. And so <laughs> you are doing the yeah. solo gig a lot, but tell me a little bit more about what else those feelings are coming from or where they're coming from. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I was speaking to you before we started and I was like, I'm, you know, I'm trying to do this thing where I'm working two days a week and I'm launching my book, which is like just something that has been on my heart for, I mean, over 10 years. And so to have it finally be happening and also I'm like, well, it's important for me to be with my kids. Like that's just a value that I, I feel my best when I'm mm -hmm. living you know, living congruent with. Mm -hmm. And so I'm working two days in the summer and I really need like 10 days a week. Mm -hmm. It doesn't even exist. And so I think that I sort of am living in this little bit of a state of overwhelm that I am accepting for this season of my life and accepting this experience and really frustrating feeling of, um, you know, I'm just not going to get it all done on my timeline. Like it's going to mm -hmm. get done. I'm going to mm -hmm. get it. I, it's just how I function, but it's not on my timeline. Um, and I'm going to finish the days being like, I wish I would have had a little more time. And that's just sort of accepting it. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful to be able to put a book in the world. It feels like such a privilege to be, you know, whoever devotes any amount of time to picking up my book and reading it. I am just so humbled and grateful. And so I feel constantly grateful and joyful around that and just excited about what's to come. I found out yesterday that was supposed to happen in August, but it's happening next week. Um, I'm going to be going on a TV show. I'm not going to say which one. And it's a big deal. And so that's happening from Ohio, which we're leaving for tomorrow. And mm -hmm. so um, having to pack and then also situate myself for that interview, I'm feeling a little bit like a little anxious about and excited and overwhelmed by and it's a stupid thing but also I care about what I wear on the show totally and so I'm trying to figure that out um and then yeah my husband is not here and he's you know the summer you imagine like things slow down but not really in his line of work and so there's been a lot of solo parenting and so I just find that I'm tired a lot because I give all day, whether it's to my work or to the kids. And then by the time the end of the day rolls around, when you really need backup, uh, I don't have it most of the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing all of that. Sure. Um, that's very exciting that you're going on a show. I can't <laughs> wait to hear which one and Thank all the you. things. And I'm sure you will announce that very soon. Yes. Um, I love the way that you're really being vulnerable and honest here today, just about your life and yourself is exactly how you were in the book. You don't just give knowledge, but you give tangible life experiences. I'm not even going to say examples, but like life experiences that happen on a regular basis within your life. 
honestly, as you are writing the book, you're like, well, yesterday this happened. (laughs) And I cannot explain the value of what that does to support someone else of saying like, oh, wow, like, thank you for sharing that with me. That feels so aligned with what I'm going through. And yet so many women and parents, not just women, men too, mm-hmm. um, don't want to speak about it. They don't want to talk about it. They think they're, you know, broken or they think they're crazy or they think that they're a lesser value if they discuss any type of hardship and any type of struggles within parenthood. And, you know, one of the parts of your book that you really discuss that I I love is kind of explaining that. It's explaining, you know, like, it's okay to simply be enough. It's, it's okay to be yourself. And it's okay to know that good is good enough. Yeah. So um, back when I was originally like putting the concept of the book together and talking with my agent around what the book would be like, she was, you know, she's saying, oh, you're writing from a, you know, you're a PhD. You know, what is the angle you want to take? And I had said to her, I want it to feel like you're sitting down to coffee with one of your closest friends who has credentials. <laughs> like, I want to walk that line between, you know, I'm a mom. I homeschool part-time. I work only part-time. I, you know, I'm with, I'm the main caregiver of our kids. You know, I've helped with like pick up and drop off. So like, I live this stuff too. And I needed mm-hmm. that and wanted that to come through because um, you, you sort of got to be like, in it to really mm-hmm. talk about it, I think, in mm-hmm. some ways. And so I'm glad, I'm so glad you said that. I'm glad that it came through um, in that way. And, you know, we, the original title of the book was called um, Mom Enough, and we changed it. And part of why we changed it is because, you know, I feel like this idea of being enough is sort of played out. We're told all the time, you know, oh, you're enough. What you're doing is enough. And it's like, well, I don't know, is it? And we question ourselves. And so I do lay out in the book, you know, a strong argument as to why good enough is better than perfect. Mm -hmm. Because I so think we are existing in a parent time in parenting where even if we don't really say we're trying to be perfect, a lot of our actions and behaviors and thoughts are holding us to the standard of perfection. And so it Mm -hmm. provides a really clear case as to like, good enough really is good enough. This is not Mm -hmm. lip service. This is not a pat on the back. This is why good enough really um, matters and is better for our kids and ourselves. Absolutely. And I'm going to try not to be emotional when I say this. So hopefully, since I just said that, I won't be emotional. But (laughs) for me as a human, and I think why I connected with your book so greatly was a plethora of reasons. And I was like, it was one of those books where I was nodding the whole time, like, yes, yes, yeah, like, yes, (laughs) agreed, like, yes, yes, yes. And it's like, these are the words that people parents, not just moms, like parents need to hear. And it's because when Jonathan passed, like I had to release the perfection. Like I grew up and you speak of this too, of like how you grew up and all the things. Um, and us as individuals taking a look at that of how we grow up. Um, but I grew up with an incredible mom. Like I'm talking like, like not just a plus, like, like, a plus, 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 plus. Like our house was always stunning and perfect and clean. And she did all the things. And my mom always looked phenomenal. And like, like I can't even say enough about my mom. But at the same time, 
I also learned, and it wasn't that she forced that on me. It's just, that was my model. So that's what I thought. That's what I thought it should look like. And now I've had to release that. Like I've had to release, okay, like maybe I'm not hosting as many dinner parties with all the perfect napkins. And like, I was looking from like my wedding gifts the other day, like the napkin rings. I'm like, who, like, who has who to use for that? Like, what, like, what are we doing? You know, but like <laughs> to release the perfection and say, it's okay to simply be a human. And that's what I believe is totally missing within, you know, our parents' generation. And I, I feel that the younger generation is is for sure getting that vibe, mm-hmm. especially because of the extent of humanness on social media of just like vulnerability and this is who I am and hardships and all the things. But I kind of feel like we are stuck in the middle. Like our generation mm-hmm. is kind of stuck of like, but it was this way, but, but you're telling me I can go that way, but like yes. this doesn't feel good. Yes. We're like the older millennials. I... <laughs> I'm probably yeah. older than you. But I this is an important thing that not a lot of us think about, which is that the way that we were mothered dramatically impacts the mom we will become and mm-hmm. the expectations we will hold ourselves to. And so, you know, I, I learned the same lesson and you kind of like learn these things the hard way sometimes. So I'm hoping my book will get in front of it for some women. Yeah. Um but I just re- I tell the story in the book of like, you know. My mom and dad are very traditional. I had mm-hmm. great parents, mm-hmm. but just that's just how it worked out. And um, she cooked everything, cleaned everything, and my dad was helpful, but she did it all. And I, I just like picked up right where she left off. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden I was like, why am I doing everything? I'm starting to get resentful. I was in school working on my doctorate while also working, while also taking care of all the things. And then, you know, one day it just hit me, okay, this is what I saw. It doesn't need to be what I repeat. It's not working for our family. It's not working for me. It's not working for us. It's not serving our relationships, not serving my mental health. And I think this is what I'm hoping. Also, the book opens up for people, um, for moms who read it, is that Let's bring this into your awareness. How are you mothered and how is that impacting the expectations you hold yourself to? Okay, let's put them on the table. Do they work for you mm-hmm. or do we need to make some edits? Because mm-hmm. you can. That's like yep. the beauty of being a grown-up. Make some edits. Yep. And the, But the releasing, like I love that you're saying you're hoping this book brings awareness Because that honestly, to me, is the first step of like any of this, everything you're teaching, everything I'm teaching, it's the awareness and the knowledge of like, oh, wait, it doesn't have to be that way. Oh, wait, like, how does my brain work? Right? Like, that's the whole premise of like, why we are strong driven women is like, hey, like, I've realized these things. And like, I would love for you to be able to feel how good it feels to move through honestly the healing process of releasing Mm -hmm. after the awareness. And that doesn't happen overnight, but it does happen. I'm sure you question yourself all the time, still bringing back in, right? The, Mm -hmm. the, you know, behaviors are the model that we were shown, but we now have the awareness that we can question those things and we can accept ourselves for how we as individual humans want our lives to look, even if that looks wildly like wildly different yes I mean I I think what you're saying is so key and 
I do talk about this book in the book too. And just, I feel like I've been saying the same thing for years and I know you operate from the same perspective, but it's information is empowering. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we would think like, you know, this mentality of like, I don't want to know, you know, like information kind of traps you, but I think it's empowering when you define something, when you understand the invisible experiences and put language to them, you can change them. You can shift them. You can release it. You can, you are so equipped then to do something about it. And that Mm -hmm. becomes very powerful. Yep. Yep. I want to go to a quote that I've I've taken a few of the quotes from your book and I love this one. Um, where you said, we can't parent our kids with intention and care while abandoning ourselves for the cause. And I could not believe that more within my gut of, and, and my internal system of like, I'm going to snap at my kids. I am going to show up as not the human I want to be when I'm not taking care of myself. And for me individually, I could be doing all the things. I could be caring for myself. That still doesn't mean that I'm going to show up in the best way. So it's okay if we still have hard days, even if we're showing up for ourselves. But at the end of the day, I do believe that, you know, if you're not doing what you love or if you're not taking time for yourself, if you're not caring for yourself, there is no humanly way when you pick up your kids from school or when they wake up in the morning or when you're putting them to bed, like there's no way possible you're going to be a cheery, happy person. Like, okay, let's read another book or like, okay, let's wipe your tushy. Like it's not going to happen. <laughs> right. I mean, when right? do those days end? I'm still oh. wiping, I'm still wiping a butt over here. My kids are big. Mm. Ooh, it's better than poopy undies. Um, <laughs> it's true. It's so true. Um, okay. Sorry. I got distracted. So sorry. Holy moly. That's what you say. Poopy undies. And then you're like, (laughs) oh, I know. So, um, I think we are fed messages as moms. It's really tricky as I'm, as I'm talking about my book of being careful of just saying the same cliches that we have fallen. Like we've just shut down to hearing one of it, like put your oxygen mask off for Mm -hmm. on first. Um, you can't pour from an empty cup, all this stuff. And I think like those sentiments I agree with, they make sense. But like, let's peel back the layers and get to the core meaning of what we're trying to say here. And it's exactly what you're saying, which is that, you know, it's not just to give to yourself so you can give to others. It's that when you don't take care of yourself and nurture your relationship with you, you are going to develop resentment, anger, irritation, all of the things you talk about with like the overstimulation and the sensory overload and all these dysregulation. And you are going to be bitter in your relationships with the people you love most. And you're becoming bitter by giving them everything. So it's like, you're not, you are self-sabotaging your Mm -hmm. ultimate goal of being, wanting to be like such an amazing mom by being so burnt out, trying to be such an amazing mom that you are now grumpy and then you don't even like yourself as a mom. And it becomes this vicious cycle. And so we got to nurture ourselves because that allows us to be the moms, the parents we want to be in our most precious relationships. I think the other thing you're speaking to, which was so key is that you're like, we can do all the things and still have those moments. And that 
is where I start because that we have got to normalize that you do not do all the things and become self-actualized and just stay there forever. Right. Life, like, you know, I know, like life comes at you fast. Oh, yeah. It's constantly um, throwing things our way. Good things, bad things. Like my stuff this week's, you know, I mean, my stuff this week is good things and it's stressing me out a bit. So life will regularly pull our relationships apart, a relationship with ourselves, from our, with our kids, with our partner, if you have one. And so um, it's normal to do the things and like have life just mess you up and still, you know, kind of become dysregulated or snap and all this stuff. And that's why I think that this idea of reaching a perfect resting state of balance has to be, it has to be demystified because mm-hmm. when we think we're doing the things and we still mess up, I'm doing quotes, mess up, um, we then judge ourselves and then that depletes us more. But it needs to be normalized. It's still going to happen. We have to yep. get really good at getting into a practice of regularly mm-hmm. pulling ourselves back into alignment. And I think that's also the acceptance of good is good enough. Like going back to that concept yeah. too of like, if you're crying for the day or you're just like, mom's not doing well today, like that's still good enough because we're human. And I also don't think that we as parents really think that it's okay to demonstrate that to our kids, right? To, to be like, Hey, I'm actually a human, not, you know, a perfect, like, like my, I don't know how my mom did it. Like I, I, I don't even, like, I have no idea. I, I'm sure it was wildly exhausting, yes. but it's, I feel that it's okay to show that humanness to our kids in order for them to see that model of, you know, it's more than okay to allow yourself to be human too. It is more than okay to take off the mask or rip down the walls and just be like, yep, today was a hard day. And it's okay to feel that. And then I, like, I cannot stress this enough. I feel that because our children see that they won't hold it in when they're Mm -hmm. struggling. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's like so important because Jonathan did like he, Mm -hmm. he did not like no one knew. And I, 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 I accepted that and I, I allow that and I respected it because that's what he wanted. And Mm -hmm. when you say like, we can't do it all, we can't be at all. We can't, you know, all the things flourish without taking care of ourselves first. Like I, I'm going to speak and say, yes, I agree with you, but it's also from experience of trying to do that, yes. right? Like, yeah. do you feel that there was a time in your life where you did try to do it all and you were like, wait a oh. second? hundred percent. I think there are like, there are moments of my life where still it can creep in. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I got to keep myself in check. Yeah. Um, and it's really easy to do because my husband's gone so much. It's really easy to do. But I mean, the, I'd say the first five years of motherhood, that's how Mm -hmm. I operated. Mm -hmm. I did it all. I took it on. I rescued everybody. I didn't ask for hardly anything. I felt like I put my husband out when I did ask, even though he'd never indicated that I did. That's just how it felt to me because I had all these beliefs um, around asking for what I need that got in my way. And so I just... I lived it. I lived it and then I found and then I lived all the stuff I talk about in my book, which is how do you get out of it? And mm-hmm. to what you were saying before, I just want to add on to because it's so important. You're talking about 
when we show our humanness, right, to our kids, it's modeling something really important to them. And also like how then you kind of like work through it. So if you lose Mm -hmm. it and you maybe, you know, need to apologize and repair, like all this stuff is teaching them certain things. And I, you know, I think the more I live, the more I think that adults and kids like kind of all are the same. Like we just maybe cover things better. But it's like, you know, I've seen adult tantrums. I've had adult tantrums. Um, I, you know, and I've think about like how raw they are when they complain about stuff. And I'm like, secretly I'm complaining on the inside too. Like there's so much similarity in our, all our reactions and experiences. We just are kind of coping a bit differently. And I think that's, you know, in the book, part of, or one of really the main takeaways is that we have to mother ourselves like we mother our kids. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you talk about messing up and allowing your humanness, and I think that's, you know, that's part of it is like, how would you walk your child through one of those moments? Okay, now do the same for you. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like we're so good at applying this caretaking and this compassion towards our other relationships, but we do not use these skills on ourselves. And it's, it's really not a whole new skill set. It's just flipping the script a little bit. And so um, I believe it's really important. And it's like kids and adults are having these parallel experiences all the time. So why not care for ourselves also in these parallel ways? A thousand, a thousand percent. I think, and I've spoken about this before, I, I sometimes think that we don't want to deal with the tantrums of our kids or the meltdowns of our kids because we are having our own tantrum and meltdown, to be quite honest, because we don't have any capacity to deal with theirs because we haven't dealt with ours. Yes, for sure. We just haven't. And to be frank with you, when I actually go there and I like have a moment where I'll allow myself to cry or allow myself to even share with my boys, like mommy is just having a really hard day and like there's tears streaming down. What comes from that is like the most connective, beautiful moment or conversation or relationship. And that's at the end of the day, ultimately what we want. We want our children to feel safe and we want to feel at the end of the day, connections with the people, like you're saying, that we love most, right? Yes. Yes. It's like, I mean, that's like the goal here, right? That's what it's all, yeah. What it's all about is having a close and connected relationship, a close and connected relationship with our kids, with ourselves, with, you know, if we have a partner with them, because like these all play off of each other Mm -hmm. and um, impact each other in such significant ways. But I've had the same experience. I mean, it wasn't, I don't know, like a week or two ago, I was like kind of getting teary. I was making dinner or something and our son Roy, he walks up and he's like, are you crying? What's going on? And I was like, I'm sorry. It's, I was like, it's not about you. And then we had this wonderful discussion. I'm having mm-hmm. a hard day. Here's what's going on. Here's what I'm doing about it. And like, I love that you checked on me, yep. you know, and talked it through. And like, that's cultivating empathy and compassion and open communication and vulnerability. And it's like so much richness in these moments. Yeah. And letting our kids know it's okay to see that letting them know we are human and letting them know it's okay for them to be human. Yes. So I want to, it's not really pivoting, but I want to talk a little bit about how you speak to relationships within the book, which I think is so important. Um, And I want to speak to this because of personally, I feel that it's so wildly important to really tune into your relationship while being a parent, which a lot of times, let's face it, like we don't or we don't have enough time to. Mm-hmm. And what you said is, 
if life inevitably pulls your relationship apart, relationship apart and your relationship does not autocorrect, you must learn to be an active manager of your relationship. And I love this because you're reminding readers that we all need to put in effort. It's not <laughs> one or the other. Yes. Yes. Oh, I know. So this book focuses primarily on relationship with kids and relationship with self. And so I touch on, like, if you really analyze things a little bit, everything I talk about applies to, for the most part, relationship with partner. The model I give in the book is a model of relationships. We have a couples course built around this model. Um, My next book will be on the mental load, which will be all about the couple dynamics that I'll be talking about um, even more in depth. But I mean, that principle mm-hmm. of um, we don't autocorrect, life's going to mess us up, we don't autocorrect, and we have to be active managers of our relationship applies to how we interact with our kids, with ourselves, and with our partners. And mm-hmm. you find time, and this is not what I get into in the book, but I, I can get on this soapbox any day. You'll find time and time again, research shows it, that the managers of relationships tend to be women in their mm-hmm. romantic partnerships. Mm-hmm. And so um, what's so great about these principles is if you can get both partners on board with this and then it shares the responsibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then I think specifically for women is what we find is that we are so good at managing our relationships. But again, somehow we forget about that relationship with self. And mm-hmm. so it's just like a reminder again to moms that – Um, this piece of it is really important. I mean, and the thing is too, is like the more, you know, deprived you, you know, you are, the more you self-sacrifice for the preservation of all of your other relationships, the more resentful you're going to become. And that's going to dramatically impact your partnership, how you see them, how you treat them. And it, that has a feedback loop as well that -hmm. becomes really uh, detrimental. Mm -hmm. So, One of the other things that I loved about your book was how you discuss trust, relying boldly on others. I love that you said having needs does not make you needy (laughs) and the importance of touch, which I could go into every single one of those, but I want to touch on the two that like really spoke to me most, which is, yes, you have to have all the trust in the world and you have to rely boldly on others, but the having needs doesn't make you needy part. (laughs) <laughs> and it's this message that we tell ourselves if we need something or we need to rely on others or we need to go do things for ourselves or take care of ourselves or, you know, refill our cup, right? Like do mm-hmm. the pour into ourselves. Like it doesn't mean that you're high maintenance. It doesn't mean that you're crazy or needy or like a pain in the butt. Like it doesn't mean any of those things. It, it, mm-hmm. it, again, it means you're human. Exactly. Well, let me like give context and then I'll talk about yes. what you're saying. So in my book, um, the core chapters, like the meat of the book is around five steps to, um, like manage your relationship with yourself. So it's a framework yep. and it's a model versus in like, I guess a system and call it different things, um, versus just like a list of things that I'm giving moms to do. Mm-hmm. And so, um, the like rely boldly and and trust accurately, those things are part of the steps. And so yep. then in each chapter, I break it down and, and go deep and then kind of give skills. So the needy piece is so close to my heart because I, in my own life, I dealt with this. Um, it's like not an issue anymore. Uh, but 
I, I hear about it every single day from women, which is that they don't feel comfortable asserting their needs, speaking their needs. Um, they feel uncomfortable even really having many needs. And um, they sometimes don't even know what they need, especially after becoming a mom. Yep. And, you know, I think as a culture, as a society, we absorb different messages around what it means to have needs. And uh, one of the messages is this idea of everyone's needs be come before yours. Yes. Um, you are the keeper, protector of your relationships, even if it means um, martyring and sacrificing yourself. And there yep. is no pull so strong mm -hmm. as when you become a mom to do this. Um, and you kind of have to. You have to yep. for a little bit because these babies need you to survive. But mm -hmm. we sort of get locked in. And then we fast forward like two, three, four, five, you know, took me five, you know, some people even longer years. Yes. And then we're like, holy moly. I don't even know what I need. I have backburnered myself for so long. Yep. So like I, I um, talk about this in all different aspects of the book. You know, how do you understand, you know, your relationship with having needs? You know, how what messages did you receive growing up? Attachment style actually has um, a lot to do with this as well. And like also this idea of, you know, when did your needs go away? I mean, you, your kid, you don't deny that your children, I'm like, gosh, my children have the greatest need for snacks ever out of any human being, right? It's like, right. I, I don't remember snacking so much when I was little, but like our children are walking needs, especially our babies, but it goes on a long time. And so if you really reflect on this, when did you decide that yours just went away? It's right. just absurd. Right. And so I offer a lot to women in this section around, you know, getting comfortable with having needs, understanding why they might feel uncomfortable having and expressing needs and then how you get out of that. Yeah. And then the last one I want to talk about is the importance of touch because mm. it is such an important regulator. And I don't think that we recognize that it's like the first line of defense. And when we're dysregulated and overstimulated, we tend to be like, do not touch me. I want to be in a dark room and like <laughs> lights out not like or like zoning out with like mm -hmm. a bag of Doritos and, and TV and like just like or zoning out on TikTok or Instagram like whatever it is for you right but yeah I have learned this in my exploration of sensory regulation and the nervous system through my own healing of like actually what I need is like deep grounding deep. touch like you you discuss sex in the book but for me it's not as much about sex and yes that's very important and a regulator but you know, it's really about the touch aspect. And mm -hmm. I think that it speaks to not just partnerships, but like really our children too. Like we are so touched out that like, how much are you laying with them? How much are you snuggling? How much are you holding their hand? Like it's so important and we are just forgetting it. Like we're just forgetting that this is so healing and healthy. Oh, gosh. Well, yeah. I mean, it's your wheelhouse. I skim the surface on this one. I talk about like, you know, skin to skin and things like that. But yes. like that deep pressure stuff. I mean, our son, Roy, and I share some stories, but he is like, he awesome. He's such a cool kid. He's a highly sensitive kid, though, who feels yep. things in big, big ways. It's yep. honestly, we're, I'm very similar to him. I just... Yeah. You know, all mine were shoved down. And so his are not. So he has the freedom to let this hang out sometimes. And, you know, part of what we do for him is like we have like a catalog of things where we'll be like, 
hey, buddy, let's wheelbarrow around the house. Yep. <laughs> hey, I, he has weights in his room. He's seven and he'll do curls or he does push-ups or he'll get, I'll be like, can you handle touch? And he's like, yeah. And he gets in my lap and I squeeze him real like not hard but like comfortably firm. And it's like yep. we need these things too. I cannot tell you how many times I've like tried to move a wall and like all of a sudden I feel like a new woman. And so yeah. these things are – so deeply healing. And, you know, we talk about touch as a society. I feel like um, traditional self-care is all about the physical, all about the, like, take a walk, do your nails, take a bath, and wonderful things. They will help. But also, you know, there is more to it than just yes. those surface-level things. There are there are research-backed things that will really, really deeply help it, help you with your regulation, with your connection, with tuning into your body and listening to it and, and responding in the ways that it needs because um, our bodies have a lot to say to us, but yes. we really do tune them out a lot. Yes. Yeah. And I think in order to give to yourself and flourish like you're supporting moms and women within this book is it is tuning into those things. Like that yes. is part of putting on that oxygen mask, right? Like that's under the layer of that saying yes. of like, well, what does that really actually mean? Like, what does it mean to do those things to give back to ourselves? And you said it earlier, like the awareness of how to figure out those things is where to start. And yes. by you giving so many tangible steps and so many examples within your everyday life and sharing vulnerably about your children and sharing vulnerably about your partnership and, and mm -hmm. how it's been for you as a mom is, I mean, I'll, I've said it over and over today, but it's like, it's so healing for others to know that it's okay to feel these things. Mm -hmm. And it just gives them a level of like, oh my gosh, thank gosh, someone finally said it because I thought I was alone. Like I thought it was just me, totally yeah. just me. Oh, yeah. And I've read self-help books before where I'm, like, really loving the info, but I'm also feeling really crappy because sure. I'm, like, I'm, like, oh, man, I, I'm i not doing some of that or now I got to incorporate, oh, wow, what all the damage I've done already. Yep. And so I – I'm hoping that there's like no hint of judgment or or like stirring up of guilt or feelings of falling short as someone reads my book because, you know, <laughs> we are all human. We make mistakes. Um, we have opportunities to repair and make meaning of our mistakes, which is powerful. Um, and relationships are these like moving, evolving things. And so mm -hmm. there's um, a lot of room to still get it right, even if you're going to – even if you reflect and say, ah, wish I would have done that differently. There's a lot of opportunity to do it right moving forward. Yeah. And you absolutely release that guilt and shame within the book because you give so many tangible life experiences of stuff that you have gone through and experiences and like an inside look into how it is for you and how it has been for you. And that gives the reader an ability to say, thank you. I'm not alone. Like, thank you. You're not telling me all the steps to take, Yes, but like, you don't really get it. It's, Hey, I get it. And let me tell you with all the research and my knowledge and, and schooling and all the different things and life experience, what has worked for me to be able to start to release all the things after the awareness, which is what we all want for everyone that we are in our, everyone that's in our community and everyone that we like come in contact with. Like, that's the reason that we do what we do, you know? Yes. 
Yeah. Okay, I have one last question for okay. you. I would like to know for you, what did you learn from this experience of putting pen to ba- paper? Like what, Ooh. what, how has this experience of writing a book been for you? Mm. That's such a good question. No one's asked me anything like that. So in some ways it came really easily because, mm. and I don't mean to be annoying by that, by saying that, um, because I have been dreaming about this for so long and, um, just like I had fun writing it and sharing stories. And actually like, you know, what's kind of fun about it is that I lived those moments. There's actually no embellishment. Like everything happened. Like it, it was, it was said in the book. Yeah. Um, but to like analyze it now was really kind of cool to like, organize it and, and almost like a case study, but of my own life was like kind of fun to, to process through that and to be like, oh wow, like I'm doing pretty good here. Like we're, we're, (laughs) I've done these things that maybe in the moment didn't feel as intentional as they do looking back and reflecting. And I think that was really cool. There's a whole other side of writing a book that feels like you're just naked in front of everyone. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean it in terms of I don't have a problem being vulnerable and sharing. Um, probably I could, I got to keep it in check, honestly, because I'm like, what do you want to talk about? But um, the the thing of like putting out something that you really want to to help people and um, and then having this worry of like, are people going to see this? Are people going to get it? Are people going to like it? Uh, I think there is some of that that just like kind of hangs over me <laughs> a little totally. bit that I'm trying to have compassion for and also not let it get in my way. But it's definitely a vulnerable experience. Absolutely. I asked that because I wanted to know how it's been, of course, for you to write it. Um, but also I, I get asked all the time, like, are you writing a book? And I actually started one and I was like, you know what? Like, it's (gasps) not time, but it was like years ago. Like I started this and I was like, hold on, like, this is like, slow down. Like this is going too fast. And so I paused it and I I cannot tell you how cool it is. And you should feel such a sense of pride and accomplishment and, and just be so proud because it's, it's blood, sweat and tears within that book. And it's ripping like your insides out and laying it. It's like a journal. Like it honestly is like a verbal journal of, Hey, this is my life. But like, I would love to be able to walk you along this journey to support you in any way that I can. And I'm more than happy to share my own personal stories because of it. And at the same time, internally, I hope that I laid it out the great way or I hope yes. that I, you know, like presented it in a way that feels so comforting. Like you're saying with a nice cup of coffee, with like a great, <laughs> you know what I mean? With yes. a great professional and right? all the it's things. Like- Oh gosh. I appreciate you saying that. I'll share one more thing about the book process. Maybe it will yes. give you I don't I don't know what direction you're leaning, but so one thing is like also this feeling of like, I hope there's not too much me in it. Like I try mm. to like walk that line of like it's not about me, mm. but also I'm gonna make I'm gonna share some of me so you know you are normal. <laughs> you exactly. are you are you are like not um out there as this like outlier in your experiences. So, um, so many things that you can like totally worry about. Okay. But I'll tell you this. I started the book. I don't even know. I, 
probably when Roy's seven, probably when he was maybe two. I would yeah. go to the library a day a week for a couple hours and I would just work on my outline and I okay. shelved it. I shelved it for years. Yep. And finally, I just was talking to my husband. His name's Chad. Talking to Chad one night and I was like, if I don't write the book now, I will yeah. never do it. There's, yeah. I'm realizing there is never a good time for me to do this. And if I wait much longer, I will be kind of moving out of that phase of motherhood. And, and it doesn't – the book is not for moms just with young kids. But like the ability to tell some of those stories when I'm still in it, I yes. think tra translates differently. Yep. And so it was like I have to do it when I'm in it. If I don't do it when I'm in it, people will feel it. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that week I submitted with several agents and did interviews, got an agent, started working on my proposal, and like a year later I had a book deal. And so okay. I'm just telling you, like, shelve it, but you'll know when it's time. Yes, yes. And if you think, like you said, like this has taken 10 years, right? And so mm -hmm. you've poured everything in. Like this is your baby. Like this is a yeah. big, big, big deal. And Thank you. it bleeds through with every single page you have done such a phenomenal phenomenal book and and, and done such a, jo a great job at writing it um and I would love for you to tell everyone where to get it and how <laughs> to find you and all the different things so that they can go pre-order it and Thank get you. you all the accolades you are so deserving <laughs> You're so gracious. Thank you. Um, the book's available on any major retailer. So Amazon, Target, Barnes & Noble. Um, Christian Books has it the best price. It's not a book with Christian content, but um, it is available there. Um, and you can – so here's the thing. When you pre-order – it means a lot to authors because it's it just helps our numbers, helps our publisher like put more energy into us. Um, yes. If we're going to try to make a list, it helps. I mean, that would be a dream come true. It helps with all that. And so um, there are gifts that you get when you pre-order. You get the audio version of the first, the intro in the first two chapters immediately. So you can start listening. Um, I have an interview with like, I have a couple interviews that are uh, exclusive. One in particular that's been getting really good feedback is about mom friends, um, mm -hmm. which is such a big topic and it's such a good interview. And so um, there's a, an accompanying guide and all sorts of stuff. So you can find all of that at drmorgancutlip.com. So it's DR, drmorgancutlip.com backslash book. Um, and you'll get the link to the retailers there and also where you can get all those free gifts. Also on Instagram, DR Morgan yeah. Cutlip. Yeah, <laughs> I'm there most of the time. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. Thank, Thank you so you. much for taking time to sit down and share a little bit of an inside scoop of what to expect. And I can't highly, like I could not recommend this book enough. Like please get yourself a copy and see exactly what I've seen in all these beautiful pages. And thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And until next time, XOXO, Dr. B.